nevertheless. Then looking here at verse 24, 23 rather, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So there are two critical verses I want you to see. I want you to see, but ye have not so learned Christ. And because of that, you need to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now, the mechanism to be renewed in the spirit of your mind is the verses in between. If you've heard him and been taught by truth, then put off concerning the former conversation. The old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. You see how that's packaged? When we take the first two verses and we get them in order, what have we learned? How has it renewed our mind? Then, We've learned, we've learned the truth, and it has to change our conversation. That's critical. Father, Father, we thank you for the word of God. We pray that you'll open our eyes that we can see and our ears that we can hear and our heart that we can understand what the word of God is saying to us. And then may we apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear son. Jesus, speak. Speak to your people. I surrender myself, yield myself, and sanctify myself to that end. Speak to your people. May the truth that is in you come through us so that we know what to do, understand, know what we must demonstrate. As we yield to the Holy Spirit, we'll receive what you give. We'll reveal it and release it to the people. And thereby, we will be transformed. Will be corrected if necessary. But all in all, we will be renewed in our minds. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name, who is our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. Ye have not, you may be seated, so learned Christ. Well, the question is, what is it you should be learning concerning Christ? That's critical. Do you learn to believe? Well, of course you do. We learn to believe in the blood. We learn to believe in applied grace. We learn to believe in appropriated faith. But are there other important lessons? Now, here's what I want to tell you today. I'm going to prove to you today that from the cross to the tomb to the resurrection are three works that salvation brings to you that has specific emphasis on you changing you. Specific emphasis on you changing you. You believe on the name of the Son of God. You believe in the works that he has accomplished at the cross. You accept his forgiveness. That's you, you, and you. Because he's done all in that regard he's ever going to do. You go to the tomb. And so I, I use this word. At the cross, we learn how to come into the position of being a servant. We bow ourselves. Then we go to the tomb. There in the tomb, we bring our body under subjection. And from that bringing of our body under subjection at the tomb, 
we sever ourselves from the world, from the flesh and the works of the flesh. What caused that, Pastor Mike? You. Jesus has done everything he's ever going to do about it. There's nothing more for him to do with regard to that. He's never going to die again for your sin. So he's done everything he's ever going to do about that. He's never going to go to the tomb again to bury your flesh. He's done everything he's ever going to do about that. So we have a you and you relationship now. You're going to die daily. You're going to keep your body under subjection. All of this is in a work that you are doing because you believe. And that belief pattern causes you to come up away from the sin element, set aside every weight of sin that does so easily beset you, and begin to know him. But now, at this point, you have had no reason to consider using the name of Jesus, have you? The name of Jesus is not involved. It is in believing now on his work. Now, we say we have been saved by the name of Jesus. And what that actually is saying to you, that you have been brought to know Jesus Christ because of what he did. But the belief system that changes is in you. It's not in him. It never has been, nor will it ever. And he has no intention of changing, I might add. Now you come to the tomb and you sever your relationship to the flesh. Now, people fail here. People fail miserably here because they never consider the fact of what Jesus did. What Paul taught, I'm going to show you the scripture here in just a second. They never consider the fact that they are responsible for dying daily. They never consider the fact that they are responsible for keeping their body under subjection. They never consider the fact that they are responsible for being imitators of Christ. As Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. They never consider that. So we don't develop in salvation. We don't develop in the walk. We don't go into the, to the tomb and select to deposit our old nature there and select to put on the new man. So what has happened? We keep our old conversation. We keep talking the same old language. We keep doing the same old thing. And when times are good, our language changes. But as soon as something goes bad, guess where we go? Right back to the old talk. Right back to the old conversation. Look at what he said. He said right there, put off concerning the former conversation. How are you going to do it? You're going to do it by learning Christ. You're going to do it by renewing your mind. But we don't want to do that. We want to remain akin to the world. This week I was preaching on podcast and I said something started myself. I said we as a church are living closer, more closely to darkness than we have ever lived to light. We are living more closely to darkness than we have ever lived to light. Someone would say, why would you say that, Pastor? Because we have remained at the cross until the cross has become not only the shadow under which we live, but the cross is the shelter under which we live. So therefore, we remain closer to the world of darkness than we could have ever gotten into in the world of light. Why? Because we never moved beyond that. We never made the move to do what Paul told us to do. We never went to the tomb. We never severed our relationship to the flesh. Therefore, we maintain the old conversation. What do we talk about? 
What do you mean, what old conversation? Well, we talk about being sick. We talk about being hurt. We talk about what's going on negatively in my world. We talk about our husbands. We talk about our wives. We talk about our children. We talk about everything that is of a conversation that is as much more, more worldly than it is light. Now, I'm going to show you how this changes. I'm going to show you where it changes, and I'm going to show you why you, as well as the church, are not in that yet. I'm also going to show you why the name of Jesus has not uh, accomplished for you what it was meant to accomplish. I'm going to show you why the name of Jesus, having been prayed, having been spoken, even spoken by you, is not coming about to accomplish what Jesus Christ said it would accomplish. And everybody's telling you all you have to do is pronounce the name of Jesus on it, and it is so. Well, now I want to tell you, if you're still living under the old conversation, the name of Jesus is not going to answer to that conversation. Why? Because it's too close to darkness. It's too close to darkness. If you're staying at the cross, talking the old language, doing the old thing, acting the old way, reverting back into the old conversation, well, my friend, that's the old man. It's corrupt. What's wrong with it? It's full of your lusts. What do your lusts in the flesh want? Go look at the 17 works of the flesh, and you're going to find out that those 17 works of the flesh are conversations that satisfy the flesh. Now, why would the flesh be satisfied with sickness? Because the flesh is corrupt. You see the word there? In your own deceptive lusts, you have corrupted yourself into thinking that, that, that uh, sickness is a natural evolution. Well, that would be true, except you had a Savior who died. And there he shed his blood. And from his blood and the wounds upon his back, the Bible said that you're healed. You're healed spiritually and you're healed physically. The problem isn't what his blood did. The problem is you ain't got no idea how to use it. The problem isn't what his blood did is that you don't know how to use his name. Nowhere in the first three operations that went from the cross to the tomb to the resurrection. Was it necessary for you to use the name of Jesus? It was necessary for you to believe. It was necessary for you to simply take what he did and apply it to yourself. So therefore, we have not followed Jesus into the place where his name becomes prominent. Now, you know and I know, and those of you that are Bible students are saying right now, now, Pastor, you're talking about prayer. James said that God hears the prayer of a righteous man. That is true. That's true. He hears what the righteous man is saying. That's what it said. He hears the prayer of a righteous man. He hears what you're saying. But I want to tell you, you ain't righteous at the cross. <laughs> no, no, no. You ain't righteous there. There's only one place that's going to bring you into righteousness. No one teaches this but me. No one's telling you this but me because we all have this misguided notion that when we get saved automatically, God does this divine adjustment 
And he takes us all the way through the resurrection and all the way making us able to come into the throne room of God. That is not true. Paul did not teach that, nor did Jesus Christ. No biblical people are teaching that. Nothing in the Bible is telling you that. Nothing in the Bible is telling you that you can believe and stretch yourself into the throne room of God. As a matter of fact, in Hebrews chapter 4, whenever the writer of the book of Hebrews, whom I believe is Paul, said, he said that you have a high priest who can be touched with the feelings of your infirmity. But unless you have come through the high priest, you will not enter on into the throne room of God boldly and there find grace and mercy to help in time of need because you don't know how. How? So we go to the cross and we get saved and the world and the church and the writings and the books and the scholars are telling you, you got it all, bless God. Jesus has done it all. Now all you have to do is just go on with you. That's not true. It's not true. Jesus told us it wasn't true, and we didn't have sense enough to understand it. So Paul said, let's look and see if I can find it here real quick. I'll come back through this, but I know I made this writing. Yeah, maybe I didn't. I thought I did up here at the top. Paul said that there was a couple, there it is, right there, 1 Corinthians 15, 31, look at it. He said, I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ, Jesus, our, now look at this language, Lord, I die daily. Then he turned around and said in 1 Corinthians 9, 26, 27, I therefore so run not as uncertainty, so fight I not as one that beat of the air. I know what I'm doing. I know where I'm going. I know that I got to keep my body under subjection. What did Paul say about keeping his body under subjection? Paul said, I die daily. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Paul said in Galatians chapter 5, verse 23, 24, 25, that I crucify the flesh. So we have to understand that what happened at the cross, what happened in the tomb is an essential place for you to go. How are you going to get there, Pastor? Well, let me see if I can show you. Be renewed by the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in your soul. This spiritual walk is always going to come into your spirit through your soul. Your soul has got to change. You got to change the way you're thinking. You got to change the way you're praising. You got to change the way you're worshiping. You got to change what you expect as an outcome of worship. You got to change what you expect as an outcome of hearing the word of God. You got to go into places you've never gone before. You got to do things you've never done before. You've got to seek things in higher places that you've never sought before. Why did Jesus say in, in uh, Matthew chapter 6, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven? Why did he say that? Because there was a place for you to seek. There is a citizenship for you to seek. Why did James say that he heard the prayer of the righteous? Because I've just told you, you ain't righteous at the cross. You are not even righteous when you leave the tomb. The only righteousness that you possess is whenever you select this new man and put off that old sick conversation, that old negative conversation, that old idea that I'm going to be saved, but my conversation is going to go along with the world. That old conversation, put that off, and when you are delivered out of that, you are raised 
in righteousness with Christ Jesus. Now you become in him. Not one point in here did you need to invoke the name of Jesus. All you had to do was follow him. Now hear what I'm saying to you. All you had to do was follow him. Go to the cross. This is what Paul taught. This is the ministry that Paul taught. All we had to do was go to the cross. There at the cross, we made the choice, crucify ourselves based on what we heard from Jesus Christ, based on the accomplishments of Jesus Christ. Now we've come all the way down here, and who is changing in this process? You are. What is changing in this process? You have become the righteousness of God. Now you have the opportunity to begin to be heard in prayer. To be heard in prayer. Huh? To be heard. To have the right to be heard. Well, what's changed? What has happened here? You've changed your citizenship. Your citizenship because of righteousness has brought you out of a citizenship akin to darkness that was a citizenship that was covered by the mastery of the curse and brings you into a new citizenship. You are no longer under the dominion of darkness, Paul said in Colossians 1.16, but you are brought into the kingdom of his dear son. Now you're able to be heard. But there is another process that must happen. We don't want to go there because we want to be more akin to the old nature and the old man than we would ever be akin to light and the freedom and the liberty that light acknowledges. We want to live closer to darkness because that is a more comfortable and a more convenient position for us to live. So we want to talk sickness. We want to talk sin. We want to make ugly jokes. We want to use ugly words. We want to act in the flesh. But whenever we have something that goes wrong, we want to convert our conversation and expect that that conversation is going to be heard in heaven. Not so. That's not the way this thing works. Now, there are three economies that are working here. There is the economy that changes you. That's number one. Where did it happen? The cross, the tomb, and the resurrection. Those, that is the economy that changes you. Then there is the next three. In the next economy, there is the economy that is going to separate you and that is going to bring you into the condition of being a citizen of a kingdom where Jesus Christ is not only the Savior and the sacrifice, not only the righteousness of whom you have been made, but he now is the high priest over his own sacrifice, and here he calls you, sanctifies you, separates you, and calls you brethren. That is the response to what you have done in believing on the name of Jesus. There has not been one time when you've had to invoke the name of Jesus. And if you did, you were not invoking it biblically nor scripturally. Now you want to know why the world is in disarray and why people are all upset 
and why people are praying and saying, where are you, God? You want to know why the Jews stand at the Wailing Wall and pray? And it seems like very little is actually going the way they want it to go. You want to know why people are bowing and having prayer meetings all over the world, invoking the name of Jesus, and the world is going to hell in a handbasket? Do you want to know why your families are upset, downhearted, downtrodden, your children are dying and going to hell and don't want to come to church and don't want to be a part of the ministry, but you're praying and you're invoking the name of Jesus. And it seems like that the world above us has shut us off. And all your preachers tell you is God don't do it that way anymore. You want to know why I'm fitting to tell you. The reason is because you have never come into the development that Paul said was your responsibility. What did Becca tell you? I stand back there and hear that, and I say, yep, yeah, because that's exactly what I'm about to tell You've never come into the place that is your responsibility. So you do not go through the steps with Jesus. You don't hear what I preach. That goes for everybody. Why? Because I listen to your conversation. And I know that your conversation is more old nature than new nature. Your conversation is more geared towards darkness than it is to light. Now Jesus comes along. And he says, follow me, read John 10, follow me, I'm the shepherd, I'm the good shepherd, I'm the great shepherd, follow me, follow me. And when you follow me, what did he say? A stranger's voice will you not hear. That means Jesus said the old conversation. You ain't going to listen to that anymore. Now then, the question is, how does this operate? How does this bring to bear in my life? Well, Jesus showed us, but friends... I love you, but we ain't listening. We refuse to listen. We refuse not only to listen, but we refuse to hear. And then when we refuse to do that, we go into rebellion, rejection. We go into absolute refusal to accommodate ourselves to the word of God. This ain't my word. I wish I was that smart. It is not my word that I'm telling you or teaching you. It is the word of God. Now then, the second economy, we've just been through the first economy that changes you. All done by you. All done by your belief system. All done by the fact that the blood was shed, the grace was applied, and you took faith. And you begin to make it work for you. See, you won't use faith in areas that you can, but you have already used it, and you've been in that economy to the place that you got saved. You don't understand how to get there in the spirit in order to go to the tomb and the resurrection. And my friend, it is as simple as you surrendering your thoughts. Surrender what you think. Just give it up. Let it go. Follow Jesus. Now, why did Jesus do what he did? Because Jesus had a promise. What was that promise? Where you're going, I will not leave you. 
And, and, and you don't understand that. But Jesus made the same promise to you. And you don't want to follow that. You don't want to walk in that. You don't want to live in that. What promise did he make? John 14. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. So what do you do? You don't get that. You don't understand it. You don't walk in it. You don't live in it. But what he's saying to you is, you have the same promise that my father gave me. If you will follow me and you will walk with me, I will not leave you at any step along the way. I'll not leave you comfortless. Not only that, I will come to you. In the spirit world, I will manifest myself to you. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I, my Father will love you, and I will manifest myself to you. See, all we have to do, all that is required for us to do, is to surrender ourselves in the spirit world and move away from the old conversation. Well, what would the new conversation be like? Well, we sang it today. It's all about you, Jesus. It's not about me. I surrender myself to you, Jesus. I give myself to you. I come to you in worship. I come to you in prayer. I come to you through your word. I come to you. I'm worshiping you. I'm looking to you. I am uh, serving you. I am severing myself from my worldly ways. I am selecting to deposit my old nature. I am selecting to put on the new man. I'm selecting to talk a new language. I'm selecting not to be gullible to the world of darkness. I'm selecting to speak about the blood and grace. I'm selecting to walk by faith and not by sight. I'm selecting to live in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. I'm selecting you. I'm walking in those roads. The world doesn't see it. My body doesn't understand it. But there's going to come a quick moment here whenever you are going to show me just how I should live. Oh, I don't know about you, that good preacher right now. That's good Holy Ghost talk right there. Now watch, because watch what happens here. Now we come into this sanctification process. We're righteous and we're sanctified. He calls us brethren. All of a sudden, we become a citizen of a new kingdom. Now the next step changes the economy. Now I want you to hear this. I want you to hear what I'm about to say. Pay close attention. When Jesus stepped into the throne room of God, something changed. It dynamically changed. Look at the scripture. And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Shall they cast out devils, speak with new tongues? Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. And he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He will glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. All things that the Father hath of mine, therefore I said I, that he shall take of mine and show it unto you. Now things changed. Things changed, friend. Matthew 28, Mark 16, everything changed. This becomes the first time that you are able to expose the name of Jesus. 
You didn't have to do it at the cross. You didn't have to do it at the tomb. You didn't have to do it in the resurrection. You didn't have to do it whenever he took you and made you safe as a priest under the high priest of Jesus, high priesthood of Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus says to you, I'm going to give you the answer about how to control your environment. Now, if you're writing, you need to write that down. I'm going to give you the answer about how to control your environment. I'm going to tell you everything you need to know about how to control your environment. And from verse 17 through verse 20, Jesus Christ told us everything we ever would want to know about how to control our environment. Because if we control our environment, we control what goes on in our environment. If we control our environment, we control the dominion of every place we are. See, right now I'm in this sanctuary, but my environment stretches around the world by that camera. I'm able because of my, the environment that I'm placed in to have dominion, control, power, authority, and supremacy. Because for the first time in the economy of God, I am brought into the concept of the use of his name. Someone said, now, Pastor Jesus taught this in John 14. He did. He taught it based on where he was going. What he was going to do when he got where he was going. He finished that conversation in John 16 whenever he said, All things that the Father hath are mine. He'll glorify me. I, uh, he shall receive a mine and show it, meaning the Holy Ghost. Where's he going to get it? Whenever Jesus Christ sat down at the right hand of majesty and became the man in the Godhead uh, bodily. That's the third economy, not of which I'm going to get in today. Because today what you need to know is about this second economy. The first economy was the change of you. The second economy was whenever you became a crowned citizen, an authorized citizen of the kingdom of heaven. That happened in the temple when Jesus spread the blood on the vessels of ministry and there sanctified you and called you brethren of whom he was no longer ashamed because now you are a member of a citizenship. At that point, Jesus walked through the smoke and entered into the throne room of God and you came with him and Paul said you did and that you were accepted in the beloved and seated with him in heavenly places. What a message. Now. Jesus comes back to them and says, now you use my name. Now you control your environment with my name. Then he, then he begins to teach about the five things that you needed to know if you were going to control your environment. The first thing you need to know is that devils are everywhere. Demons are everywhere. Demons are trying to come into you, be around you, be on you, attack you, bring you down, put you in a position of submission. How could they? How can that happen? Because you don't understand how to control your environment. You don't understand how to speak to your environment. You don't understand how to use the dominion that Jesus Christ took back whenever he rose from the dead. So what do you do? You sit around and say, oh, God, where are you? How come, God? Lord, I believed in you. I deserve you. And God, here I am floundering. I'm sick. I'm feeling bad. My family's falling apart. My worst wife doesn't love me. My husband doesn't love me. They want to fire me from my job. My car broke down. Can't rub two nickel. Where are you, God? And here I was. I went and said I believed in you. Huh. God says to you, I've done for you everything I'm ever going to do. 
There's nothing left for me to do. Because whenever I sat down, God propped my feet up and said every enemy was going to be put under my feet. There's nothing left for me to do. So what enemy is attacking you? What enemy is coming against you? Jesus told us it would be demons. And he said you would now have the right. If you come through the stages of following me, you now have the right to control your own economy. Think about that. You have the right to control. Let's talk about it. We have the right to control the demonic atmosphere. Because at the name of Jesus, every devil, every demon of hell bows before him. Why? They know him. He plundered their goods. He walked into hell. The Holy Ghost followed him, and he took the keys of death and hell, shook them as he walked out to a paralyzed group. And there he went over into the next world and preached himself and took them out of there. And glory to God, they know him. Therefore, they bow whenever his name is spoken. Oh, think about that. You don't know that. You don't understand that. Because the demonic world continues to kick you right in the teeth. They continue to do to you anything they want to do. Why? Because you have only come to the cross. You have never destroyed your flesh. You have never died daily and you have never brought yourself under control. Now, I want to tell you, the first three works are going to be works that you're going to have to do that's going to control you. That's what Paul said. Then the next work is going to be a work where you're going to be transferred at the temple by the high priest to be a member, a citizen, not a member, but a citizen of a new kingdom. In that new kingdom, everybody looks like Jesus Christ. Everybody acts like Jesus Christ. Everybody talks like Jesus Christ. Everybody praises Jesus Christ. Everybody's about doing the same thing when it comes to praise and worship. Now then we walk into the throne room of God where we are. Now watch what I'm about to say. Given seat and voice. All of a sudden we're given seat and voice. We're given a seat in heaven and we're given a voice in heaven. What is that voice? Jesus. Now watch it now. Is Lord. He is Lord, for he is Lord. Why? For he is Lord, he is Lord. He has risen from the dead, and he is Lord. Every knee will bow, and every tongue it must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Think about that. We want that to pertain to the enemy and to the souls who never come to know him. It does not. It pertains to you and me. We don't understand the lordship of Jesus Christ. Therefore, we don't understand that he has given us the right to control our environment by using his name if we are willing to bow to his lordship by the use of his name we can cast down devils we can speak with a new tongue of complete power complete authority complete uh, uh, supremacy and complete dominion think about that that's what Jesus told them in Mark 16. He said in Mark 20, Matthew 28, 
All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach them to observe all things that I have taught you. What was that? Well, he's teaching them to take his name and control their environment. Someone said, yeah, pastor, okay, all right, all right, all right. Now let's see. We can control demons. That's good. We could speak a tongue with the tongue of authority, supremacy, and power. That's good. But what about all of the attacks that come against me? What about my coworkers who hate me? What about my family, my mother, my father who have mistreated me? What about my children who don't respect me? What about that? Jesus said, I didn't. He said, if you get bitten by a scorpion, if something outside you attacks you, then use my name against it. It'll control your environment. Use my name. Now, here's the issue. You can't use his name. Why can't I, Pastor? Because you ain't willing to walk with him. You're not willing to follow him. You're not willing to die to your flesh. You want to stay too close to the old dark nature. They want to worship in dark churches. They want to dance, jump, and shout, and do gymnastics to a music that wears them out. They don't want to die to that fleshly, physical need. They want to do everything they can do that makes them resemble some type of such that they would say, oh, that's spiritual. That ain't the faith. That ain't the case, ladies and gentlemen. Die to your physical self. Die to your old conversation. Die to your old way. Bring your body under subjection. Put yourself in a position to go in and select the new nature, the new tongue, the new idea. Come out of there as righteous. Go have yourself given the pronunciation as being a kingdom of a new uh, a citizen of a new kingdom. Then come into his lordship, and when you do, you will use the name of Jesus Christ to totally control your environment. Totally. He said, well, well you'd say, but pastor, it's my body. My body don't want to work right. My body don't want to act right. And you know, Pastor, I am getting older. So am I. The difference between me and you is this. I understand lordship. I understand what lordship means. Lordship means that he is responsible for me. Because I'm a citizen of whose kingdom? His. He's responsible for me. I'm not responsible for myself. I don't take responsibility. I simply say, you're Lord. You're Lord over my body. And Mark 16 proves it. He said, if anything inside of you begins to go uh, uh, and attack you, then you take my name, and when you use my name, you'll control that environment also. So I don't work at this and say, Lord, I don't feel good. Bless God, I just don't feel good. Oh, I wish I felt better. I don't feel like going to work today. I don't feel like driving a car. I don't feel like this. I got gas. My heart burning, bothering me. My throat is bothering me. I can't sing like I used to. Is that like something off the reservation? I don't do that. What do I do? I say, your Lord, your Lord. You're Lord over everything. You're Lord over my heart, my lungs, my liver. That's how I pray, by the way. I start with my brain. 
I go right down. Your Lord over this, your Lord over that, your Lord over this, your Lord over that. I don't want you to forget it, God. Your Lord over my knees, your Lord over my ankles, your Lord over my feet. I give you lordship over it all. Now what happens? Now what happens? I've given him lordship. I give him lordship over my golf game. My golf game got so good recently, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just here to tell you God is so good. I gave him lordship over everything. Now what happens? I wake up in the middle of the night and my stomach starts to bother me. Huh? I say to my stomach, stomach, did you forget? You forget? Jesus is Lord over you. And I pronounce the name of Jesus over you. Because at the name of Jesus, every knee, everything that has a name, you remember stomach, you got a name. You're called a stomach. You were named stomach. But tonight, stomach, you're going to bow your knee to me. You're going to bow your name to the economy and the environment of which I control. Who controls that environment? Does God control it? Well, in essence, God does. But Jesus has done everything about the environment he's ever going to do. What does he do, Pastor? He gave me his name. So now, if I've come through these steps of salvation and walked into his lordship, guess who controls my stomach? I do. Guess who controls what I think? I do. Guess who controls what I say? I do in the name of Jesus. Whenever I wake up in the middle of the night and my throat begins to hurt me because of that uh, CPAP thing that I wear sometimes, and I wake up and my throat begins to talk back to me. You know how it talks back to you. <coughs> That's talking, friend. I say to my throat, throat, do you know who you are? You're under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And because I put you under that lordship, I'm speaking to you in his name. He is the king of the kingdom of which I represent. And in the name of Jesus, I speak to you. And I say to you, shut up. I'm going to sleep. I'm controlling my environment. I come to church. What do I do in church? I pronounce the name of Jesus and his lordship. What happens? I get up and pray. Now, God, you show us what we need to know, do, understand, and demonstrate. And the Holy Spirit begins to speak out of me in ways that people look up at me and listen to me on this and say, how can one man say that much so often? And it's every Sunday preached like that. How can you do Well, I ain't doing it. I'm preaching out of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I'm pronouncing his name against you, uh, for you, on your behalf, on the behalf of the world of which I'm preaching to. And if you will listen to me and follow me into the places as I follow Jesus, you will find out that you can minister that name into your environment, and your environment will change. I go into the school, the public school system. The place that is supposed to be the craziest place, people are leaving it by the day. I walk into my room. I look around at first in an empty room. I say, in the name of Jesus, you are Lord over what goes on in here. You're Lord over these children. They will send me notes, and when I read them, I say, oh, little Bobby, he is a terror. He comes into my room. He sits down. He shuts his mouth, and I never hear a word 
unless I speak to him. Why? Because Jesus is Lord of my environment. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord of my environment. I have given him that lordship. I don't go back into the old conversation of this world and this economy and this education and my body and my family and my job. I don't go there. I take it to his lordship. And as king, he, in his name, begins to work with me. Work with me. Let me say it one more time. Work with me. And what happened? Signs and wonders. What do you mean, pastor? Well, the other day I had 13 kids in my room. Principal walks in. Okay, I'll see you later. Do you need me? No. A sign and a wonder. A sign. And what was that sign and a wonder? What he expected to see was chaos. But the sign and the wonder was there was peace. Why? Because some man that understands the lordship of Jesus Christ was there. Some man that spoke the name of Jesus Christ to control his environment was there. These are things we don't understand in the church, my friends. That's why your prayers aren't being answered. That's why the struggles of life seem to continue. Because you don't want to follow Jesus. You don't want to go to the places that Jesus has gone. Someone said, yeah, but pastor, I'm old. I'm old. <laughs> Doesn't matter how old you are. He didn't say this only worked up till you were 50. Or 60. My mother lived to be 99 years old. And it worked for her for 99 years. He didn't put a name on it. He didn't put a date on it. He didn't put an expiration date on it. See, the world out there wants to tell you this is all done. It's expired. It's over with. And that's why we're in the trouble we're in. Just hold on, hold on, hold on. Because Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. See, that's what they want to tell you. They want to tell you that one day we'll all fly away. And heaven is going to be such a grand place. My friend, I'm already a citizen. I've already been brought into a citizenship. I'm living in a grand place. I'm living in a grand moment. I'm living in a grand anointing. I'm living in the place where he is not leaving me comfortless, but he is manifesting himself to me because I have followed him into his lordship and he ain't done yet. Ha! We don't need to wait and worry on heaven. We don't need to huddle ourselves up and wait for him to come. We simply need to do now what it is he has challenged us and charged us to do. Bow your head and close your eyes. I'm sure I'm over time. Bless God. But here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. I've challenged these people to come today. So as they sit where they are, here's what I want, to, want you to do. Father, I want you to challenge them in their soul right now. I want you to challenge them in their soul right now. 
I want you to challenge them in their soul. And I want you to say this in their soul. I want you to go to the cross with them in their soul. And I want you to say in their soul right now, I forgive you. I forgive you. I'm healing you of the spiritual discord. I'm healing you right now. I want you to see yourself at the cross in your mind's eye. I want you to see that. And I want you to begin to say to him, I am your servant. I choose to believe. I choose it right now. I thank you for it. I'm going to follow you now. Jesus, take him to the tomb. Take him to the tomb. You were wrapped in grave clothes there. Take him to the tomb. Take him there. See that they see their flesh bound. See in their mind's eye. Renew them in their spirit of their mind right now. See that they see that their flesh is bound. Their old works are bound. Take them there, Jesus. Take them there, Jesus. See that they see there's a loose spirit man walking around. Take them there. Jesus, may they follow you. May you take them by the power of the Holy Ghost to the tomb. See that there they deposit their old nature, their old language, their old conversation, their old nature. See that they deposit it there. That old weight of sin is no longer to be there, no longer to be used, no longer to be turned to, no longer to be brought back up, but they are leaving it right there. Holy Ghost, as they are leaving it there, as you by the eternal spirit brought Jesus Christ out of the region of the damned. Clothe them as you bring them out. Hallelujah. Clothe them in righteousness right now. Oh God, a transformation is happening. A change as you are being transformed into the righteousness of God by the eternal spirit of God in the very chairs of which you're seated as your mind is being renewed by the power of God. And as you have so learned Christ, so walk ye in him. Oh, we're not done yet. Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, replicating them. Take them now in the spirit world into the tabernacle made without hands where you have sprinkled blood on the vessels of ministry for them. And as they come in, Father, righteous, ready for a new citizenship in a new kingdom, sanctify them in their spirit right now. Sanctify them by renewing their mind right now and bring them into the kingdom of your dear son. Do it now. Do it now. Take it right now in your spirit. Take it right now in your spirit. You have changed yourself today. You are transforming yourself now. You are no longer a citizen of yesterday. You are no longer a member of darkness. You are now a citizen of the kingdom of his dear son that is shrouded and covered in light. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Now, Father, bring them to the smoke in their mind's eye as they come into the smoke with Jesus, as the eternal spirit of God leads them into the throne room of God where they step into the place where they are accepted, seated, and given the both seat and voice. May they now for the first time begin to use the name of Jesus Christ to cast down devils, speak with a new tongue of authority. Nothing outside them, nothing inside them hurts them, and they can transmit your name into their environment. Oh, God. Hallelujah. My life has changed. My world has changed. I'm now understanding because I have walked and followed Jesus. And I can now control by dominion my world, my environment. I am a new, a brand new creature in his lordship. Everything in my world is under your lordship. Now, right where you sit, I want you to begin to say it. My body's under your lordship. My job is under your lordship. My words are under your lordship. My thoughts are under your lordship. My husband's under your lordship. My wife's under your lordship. My children are under your lordship. My ministry's under your lordship. My church is under your lordship. My car's under your lordship. My house is under your lordship. My food is under your lordship. My paycheck is under your lordship. Everything I can think of of God that has a name pals to you as Lord I present it to you oh glory to God now that I presented it to you father you then return to me the ability to use your name to control everything that I have dedicated to you everything I've dedicated to you you have the ability to control. Now stand to your feet. Thank you. Father, we praise you today. We worship you today. We receive it today. I take your lordship over everything in my world. I receive your lordship. I surrender and submit myself to your lordship. You separated me into your kingdom. Now I submit myself. To the kingdom where your name is the control of everything that has a knee. Your name is the control of everything that has a tongue. And in every environment that I enter into, if I am willing to die daily, to keep myself under subjection, to live in the new nature, to change my conversation, I can be renewed in the spirit of my mind and I can live as a separated citizen of a new kingdom of which you are the head and I am brought there and now I will use your name to control my environment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Now, friends, you do not yet understand what I have given you in the spirit world. You do not yet understand what the Holy Ghost has said. You do not yet understand it because you have not yet experienced it. 
But I have taken you to the place where your environment now must be brought under the control of the name of Jesus. Now, whether you use that or not, that's up to you. As for me, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to cast down every demon that would ever stand in my way. I'm going to speak a tongue of authority. I'm going to speak against and shut the mouth of every enemy that would attack me. I'm going to speak against my body. If my body isn't doing what my body should do until I feel like I should feel, I'm going to speak His Lordship over it until it does. And then I'm going to transmit it to everybody I can transmit it to. You'll do it too. If you will just follow me as I follow Christ. To those on Facebook, YouTube, Lift Him Higher Radio, wherever you are, I've given you the word today to control your environment. Now, as I dismiss this church, you determine what you're going to do, whether you are going to learn Christ and the truth in Jesus and renew yourself in the spirit of your mind or whether you're going to stay poor, broken, bruised, blind, captive. Father, I praise you today for healing. I praise you for your word. Bless us now, I pray. Take us from this place supercharged. Comfort us. Give us peace and refreshing. We'll give you praise and honor for all of it in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen. God bless you. See you tonight at 6 o'clock, I hope.